Hi everyone. So only in hindsight did I realize that I never introduced my guest's name. And he's Nicholas, and he's been a friend of mine for many, many years. And as soon as we started recording, we just flowed so well. Uh, the conversation was just bursting to life. It was really, really, really enjoyable, really, really engaging. And I actually never got a chance to break conversation and say, Hey, everyone, this is Nick. Welcome to Safety Last. And this is a pretty crazy podcast. Uh, crazy in the sense that, firstly, Nick actually opens up about quite personal things, um, which is part of the reason I also edit this podcast more than I usually do. There are some things I just felt were too personal, and there were some names and some events mentioned, which I just felt they probably shouldn't be on air. So there was quite a lot of editing near the end of this podcast however when it comes to the main gist of what is said um i tried to keep this podcast as true to uh what nick and i talked about as possible now something else you'll notice about nicholas apart from him being hilarious is he's someone who speaks at 100 miles an hour like he just throws things at you and he's actually quite intelligent uh, it's just that his mind is so quick it's like it's almost like he takes a jigsaw puzzle and he throws it on the ground and it's really hard to understand. And only in hindsight, only when you've had time to think about his words, do you get the chance to unravel that puzzle or pull out some of the information, some of the lessons that he intended for you to pull out. Um, so I hope you enjoy. I think this is worth it, uh, worthwhile. And I'll end by reinforcing or restating a point that Nick and I said in this conversation, which is, these are the sort of conversations that people should be having. Uh, and the sort of conversations that do not happen enough in the media. Now, it's always informative and engaging to listen to these types of conversations. But it takes a certain sort of courage to open up and be vulnerable, which is what Nick does. So I guess just a big thank you to Nick and a big um round of applause to him for for doing so so without further ado let's jump in And perhaps, perhaps you resonate with this. Now, I'll also say this is quite dangerous. Like, I what, think this mean, thought dangerous? can be potentially dangerous because, as I said before, when you build a beautiful narrative, it's beautiful, but you're still putting some sort of filter before your eyes. Like, even if it's beautiful, it, it can be dangerous because you are constructing a narrative which you then need to live up to or you define your life by and this yeah. is like for example the 50 year old at the bar who basically comes and drinks the same drink every day because he he, he divorced his wife eight years ago and hasn't seen his kids since yeah. ultimately his big narrative has been taken away from him mm. and he returns to it as a source of meaning and pain but that's i think is also dangerous so yeah dude this oh. is what i wrote and perhaps you can resonate with this yeah I have an unusual mindset 
but I prefer emotional pain over boredom. For me, the, the mundane is by definition the most forgettable of all emotions. To just exist day after day with a feeling of purpose, purposelessness is soul-crushing. Emotional turmoil, for all its negatives, is at least memorable. It gives you a purpose to escape the pain, to distance yourself from its source. I still remember some of the heart-wrenching moments in my life, where I was, how I felt, who I was with, when it happened. In actuality, the moment that I felt the most alive, the most human, the most absorbed in the present moment happened to coincide with the most emotionally charged experience in my life. There's something enriching and life-affirming about intense emotions. To ride the roller coaster of life, to spin wildly out of control, to let slip the tether of restraint. Wow, yeah. God damn, man. I feel, dude, I agree. I agree to, for the most part. But it's weird, man. It's such a weird relationship. For me, narrativizing, you know, the, the idea of narrative and the idea of meaning and all that kind of stuff. Like, like, yeah, when you're emotionally charged, you're definitely there, right? You're definitely there. But I'm remembering to all my deepest and darkest moments too. And in the actual moment, to be honest with you, it feels hopeless. It feels broken. It feels demented. It feels disgusting. You would pay a thousand dollars to just teleport out of there. At least me, right? Mm -hmm. It's only in retrospect and it's only ever in retrospect. I find this to be true. Like the stuff that you read. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that that's fake by saying it's only in retrospect, but I feel like, you know, once you live through it and you integrate that experience into your life, only then can you, sort of integrated enough to the point where you have a, le a level of appreciation of what level you're living on in terms of the emotional stakes in what mm. you're doing. And therefore the thing that you're conducting in itself, it gets definitely really bad though, when it's not meaningful, like the worst of the worst, to be honest with you, that still haven't integrated is when I feel meaninglessness and I'm also doing nothing and I feel sad. <laughs> like that's a, that's a, that's a hole because mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, then it's meaningless. But like, in those emotional moments, yeah, those are when you're those are the moments you're gonna be looking back to when you're like, I don't know, in your late life and be like, wow, that was an intense situation. That was just like there's a certain thrill to remembering those times, you know what I mean? And yeah. Absolutely. Um as it's I crazy. said, before, it's such it's such a weird relationship, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's such a like there's yeah, emotional depth is it's not exactly clear if that's a negative thing or a positive thing at times, you know. I think the big risk is when you get intense moments like that these really powerful moments that you think back to when you're older when you're an old man or whatever yeah it's also dangerous because you've now embedded these ideas or these these moments into your narrative and have you ever watched inside out um no i haven't basically the idea is about forming key memories and these the, and then these key memories are what the protagonist builds her identity around. Yeah. I guess the danger is to form your identity around such a powerful, uh, such a powerful memory leaves you vulnerable once the memory is taken away or once you know a relationship breaks down. I think mm -hmm. it, it leaves people vulnerable. Dude, dude, it's a hundred percent. There's a how I sort of understanding the idea of the narrative and memory and all that kind of stuff is very much akin to like, uh, this is where it gets 
a bit too deep and not deep in like a interesting way, just like a academic way. <laughs> um, I feel like the idea of narrative is, is what I sort of view it as is like Zizek's understanding of ideology, political ideology, but like, like you move that process or mechanism away from just like a political idea and you put onto an existential idea. And like, that's your narrative. That's your ideological frame of mm -hmm. mind. And those memories that you have, I feel like in the process are the things that consolidate that and make that system of understanding the world valid. And yeah, it's definitely like, that's a good thing. Cause that's how we're geared to live life. I feel mm -hmm. like you, we're patent seeking people. We try to find narrative in like a, in a grand scheme of things and we indulge in that. That's good. That's how you live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's evolutionarily the best way to live. Um, but especially when it, when you get to like emotional trauma, it, that whole idea to build patterns and a narrative and, and an ideology around the world based on like certain key moments and experiences that may leave you negatively impact can work against you like crazy and like your yep. best tool of survival just, yeah. But yeah, man, I feel like, it's ideology, you know, that narrative. And I feel like you leave yourself so vulnerable because it's, it's bloody amazing. Like that's how you will literally, that's how you live. You're, you're, you're involving yourself in a process that structures the way you think when you come across that narrative or ideology or, you know, when you pertain to that. Yeah. And I think that's really the wisdom of, you know, Buddhism or Taoism. Like their premise is just to see things as it is without, without filter, without allegiance, without bias. That's the goal, right? To see the universe right, yeah. or, or the infinite or what reality as it is. Mm. Um, and to strip away a lot of the, the story that uh, the narrative elements that we add to it. But there's also something so human to do so. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe I'm just yeah. not at that point. Um, maybe I'm just not Taoist enough or Buddhist enough, but I think I look back at some of the memories, uh, the good, the bad, the painful, the enjoyable, and I I don't ever want to lose them in in a way. Yeah, and and I wonder too. if I wonder if that's me holding on to a narrative um, about myself that I've constructed through my experiences of other people. And mm. and I, I said this before. Actually, I thought about this before, and maybe this question is somewhat related, but like if you had a flaw or, or a fear that was really uh, part of you, mm -hmm. and I know, I know all the Buddhists are going to cringe because this is uh this really works against their, their understanding. And maybe, right. maybe there's a, maybe that's, maybe the idea is right. But if you have a fear that's really a part of you or like a negative memory, which is really a part of you, would you ever yeah. get rid of it by clicking your fingers and just getting rid of it? Or is that, but yeah. if you do that, is that you completely changing your identity to such an extent that you become like a different person. I, f I feel as if um, the dichotomy between Buddhist thinking and non-attachment and attachment, and then like the emotional proclivity, the proclivity to emotionally attach yourself to like memories for good and bad is a weird relationship between those two, because they seemingly, I'd say at first, they seemingly contradict. And I, when you said earlier, oh, I feel like, I'm, you know, you might said said this as a joke, but like, oh yeah, you know, I don't feel as if I'm Buddhist enough there yet to understand it. And maybe I'm on, dude, I don't think that's the case, man. I think like, I feel like there's, because I'm definitely not there either. You know, I suffer from the same experience of like, there's not letting go of emotional things in my life, good or bad. Like I don't have a choice either way. Right. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, it's definitely a weird relationship between those two topics. And I feel like it's not exactly clear. Um, at first glance, it seems as if the Buddhists uh, talk about, you know, those are parts of yourself that you have to just like move on from. But then when you're very emotionally attached, like you just can't, you just can't. And, but you can do that in other areas where you're less emotionally attached to something. So you also know that like the mechanism of detaching yourself isn't completely bullshit either, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a weird way to, to put up empathy and like non-attachment to something that's seemingly stoic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just, just letting go. I feel like we don't know enough yet, man. <laughs> like I generally, genuinely speaking, like I've definitely been in times where I'm like, that's a solution to everything. Like detachment is a solution to, every, to everything. Mm -hmm. Like the Buddhist version, not just like, you know, not thinking about things, not suppressing things, mm -hmm. you know. And then there's been other times where I've experienced the completely opposite to that as a solution is like, no, remembering yourself, remembering who you are through these experiences and the holistic thing that all those memories point to rather than just one particular narrative. And that seemed like the solution to a healthy life. And I feel like it's not a cl exactly clear if it's one or the other. Um, both have a strong amount of significance and weight. But like as infinite beings, I feel, you know, maybe this is, gets a little bit spiritual, <laughs> but um, as infinite beings, like we're inclined to be in that position where that, where one of those ideologies work and then also be in a position where they don't work. Mm. Um, and it's just a matter of where you are in the current situation. As for a long-term strategy, just detachment's the best one. If you're really about your game and you're really about your grind, <laughs> like, you're you the, really about those gains, <laughs> run the detachment build, bro. The detachment build, that's the best one. Like If you get fully down, put all your points in detachment. Everyone, listen to me. This is an emergency <laughs> public service. I've just been scarred deeply coming out of an intense emotional relationship and i'm telling you if i had the stat if i could re-roll my skills i'd dump all the points of detachment <laughs> nah but look sometimes that's look that's actually a good point actually because look man i'm like four weeks like post a really uncomfortable experience with relationships at the moment and emotional memories in general and that's where I'm currently at. See, I'm like attaching myself to the idea of non-attachment, right? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the bipolar flip. But um, actually, hey, can, though, can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if this is something that you do, but this is something that yeah. I do. And I feel like our personalities, there are there is overlap. I think we're both romantics with a capital R, um, you know, yeah. uh, investment in nature or the sublime or the emotion like that's yeah cryptocurrency <laughs> <laughs> dogecoin, <laughs> dogecoin. <laughs> so that's i feel like that's a big part of both our personalities now mm. this is something that i do and i also recognize it's helped me in some ways and it's it hasn't helped me in some ways but whether it has helped me or not it's been quite per, uh it's it's really defined my personality for better yeah. or worse and this is something that I do. I tend to have, when it comes to people, I have a habit of detaching myself when, um, hmm, how should I say this? I, this is something that I do quite a, a bit. I detach myself if something's not going well. Mm. Um, and then part of me is almost satisfied to have the person or the event in my head as a memory. Because right. in a way, a memory 
is something that I can return to at any moment. Absolutely. And I almost can't be disappointed yeah, in it. Dude. I, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's something that I've done before. Like, for example, like a relationship's not going that well. I'll end mm. it. And then I'll say, okay, no hard feelings. But then I'll keep what I learned. And this doesn't just have to be romantic. This is just like mm. even with a friend. Like this, it, it, it yeah, it, this is really not just for rom- romantic relationships. But I'll keep yeah. that in my head as a memory. And then I almost give myself permission to revisit it. Mm. Um, mm. And it becomes something that that I can almost manipulate or I can hold in my hands. Manipulate might be too negative of a word. but Construct maybe. Yeah, construct in, in my head. So do you do that? Dude, <laughs> well, yeah, I've been I've been living those experiences every day for the past four weeks, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just just like revisiting memories, you know what I mean, and just like being super glad. Like when you when you commit something to a memory, you all you in some ways make its form way more absolute and less fluid than it is in the real world. And then with that, you can have like a stable relationship with the memory, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or rather more stable because mm-hmm. even relationships with memories get a bit, you know, dodgy at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like committing something to that level of memory upon that emotional, that emotional memory. I'm going to call it emotional memory because it's not just memory, dude. You know that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just like a remembering this like empty thing that happened. Like mm-hmm. you recall it and you recall it with all your body. Yeah. <laughs> you feel it with all your body. Like. Like, you know, like it's, yeah, um, it's like getting drunk. You know what I mean? It's like you feel it with your mm. whole self, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment. And yeah, I feel like that's a very cool thing to do. I do it as well. But um, but is it dangerous? Is it I dangerous? Mean, that's, oh, dude, it's hard. Because there might not be an answer. I, I, I don't, not that I think I have an answer, but I, I have something that jumps out to me that I just thought about, I guess. I mean, when you have something committed to memory, and yeah, it's way more in your control, but like that places the responsibility of remembering it onto yourself. And if you're in a bad state of mind or in a bad place, then you're obviously not going to be in the best state of mind to remember things in a purer way or a cooler way or a better way or the most realistic way. The remembering is just as tainted as projection is what I always say. It's just like you're going to recall things that uh, fit your current narrative of where you're at you know Mm. and you're going to recall things in that way yes it's more absolute because the focal point it's objectified as memory but like the actual byproduct of what that memory can still like emanate into the present with is still definitely at the mercy of your filter and that's in your responsibility because you made it that way because you wanted to commit it to a memory yeah um the thing is where it gets bad is is when you like i just said when you're not in a place to uphold the responsibility of remembering that thing as it was genuinely and then that's that's where it gets hard. And then, yeah, because then because then you're assuming something. You're assuming a telios to like a fluid situation in the world. It's good when it works, is what I'm trying to say. When mm-hmm. when you've left the situation and you're happy with it and you can commit it to memory, then yeah, it works beautifully, man. I love doing that. But like when you're walking away from a soured situation to commit that to memory, man, like that comes and eats at you sometimes. <laughs> you know what I yep. mean? Absolutely. And like sometimes you torment yourself because you also don't want to look back at reality and be like, oh no, sorry, it's ever fluid. Like that memory is what that was premised on then is like that that same premise doesn't pertain to reality in the more anymore. You know, when you run into that person or that experience like that again. Mm. It's like it's yes, dude, it's it's a culmination of your character, but like 
you know, is it good or bad? Situational, like a situational dude. Um, So how have you been, how have you been coping up? Man, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I don't know. I don't know how I've been doing. I've been talking to, uh, just for context, just for everyone out there. um, You know, I've had, I'm currently going through a a hard time, as you would say, (laughs) Um, especially in the emotional sphere. Um, My, my girlfriend cheated on me um not not that i have a problem i obviously do have a problem with it but like not that like you know i don't know how to say this you know i'll just say this i just got cheated on by someone i really love Mm. (laughs) like that's the bottom line man. like that's the bottom line and it really hurts and how i've been coping with it i've been flipping into a lot of mental states this is how i work it's like because I'm such an empath, I also flip into like emotion, like periods of non-empathy, like complete emotional coldness. And then that takes me to some interesting places where I learn things internally, you know, like, you know, I should be more selfish. I should be looking out for myself. This person mm-hmm. obviously betrayed me. I don't want anything to do with them. Me comes first. But then like you keep living like that, then that develops into like a sort of narcissism and then you get checked by the universe because of that. <laughs> You know, and then then after that, you, you flip into empathy mode, you mm. know, and then you're like, no, I love them. I forgive them. And then then that doesn't work out because it's like, OK, then you're selling yourself in this situation. It's just been a whole bunch of flipping between various different emotionally charged states, um, how I've been coping with it, um, improvising. There's no one way to deal with this situation. <laughs> you, like, you know, like I've been in, in situations where it's uh, been painful. It's been painful to move, Stanley. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell it's, you that. It's been um, painful to move. It is taking out the rubbish. As yeah, you've written. Yeah, the, is, um, is, yeah, is an enormous task, man. It absolutely, is an enormous task, dude. Anything, just uh, this is something that I've said before. It is when you're in such a heightened state, everything is so immensely painful. It's oh. also the the moment where I felt most human. Now, mm. that obviously is the double edged sword because those feelings of being alive it's almost like you're running on adrenaline you're on it's like fight or flight you're yeah, facing you're... a tiger and you and you're sweating and you're scared <gasps> and you're terrified story. i got it sorry to interject dude mm-hmm. Go like, on. completely related completely related so the first night after she told me to my face that she cheated on me um i went home and i obviously cried like a bitch um i obviously <laughs> you know did stupid things like someone in that state of mind would do don't get drunk I'm telling everyone that <laughs> if you think drinking don't alcohol, do it don't do it think, <laughs> it ain't dude it ain't it ain't it ain't it's not and i'm not saying that from a position of like you know oh i don't drink like no i do a lot of stupid things because i'm 22 and i'm an idiot you know, and I'm telling you this advice from an experienced place. I'm not saying this advice from like a, you know, I don't normally drink, just don't drink. No, I'm, I've been there, done that, don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, dude, that night I got home after all that, after all, way, way after all that. I was, I was upstairs like trying to sleep in my room. I have a mirror and I started doing some Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. And then this way you have to explain to the audience what that means. By oh the way. man, breathing exercises, everyone breathing exercises breathing exercises like crazy you hold your breath just look up Wim Hof I'm not going to sit here and explain it because <laughs> I get lost every single time someone explains it before I knew it so just look uh-huh. it up Wim Hof trust me it'll do you good um and just basically what it does is it it forces your body 
into into the parasympathetic or the sympath i don't know you know what i'm not a neurologist i'm not even going to bother with that talk it just make <laughs> it just releases a whole bunch of adrenaline <laughs> yeah. it puts your it forcibly puts you in a fight or flight state and you're really there and it's and it's an immense it's a tremendous evolutionary power spec talent mm. in your talent tree <laughs> like i'm not even kidding like it's crazy like a crazy inner power and i'm not talking from like some quasi spiritual i'm like talking from a purely psychological level like your brain is flooded with adrenaline that as if it was if it was getting chased by like a lion mm-hmm. and then when you do it appropriately and correctly and dude i had this crazy thought man in the face of the the, the peril of of a relationship nuke like getting cheated on what it is mm-hmm. in the face of that I suddenly got this burst of like primal energy, like, dude, I have to survive. Mm-hmm. I, f- I have to survive, man. I have to make it out of this alive. And it's just like, you're really, yeah, I was just really in that zone. I'm like, oh my God, you've got to live. You've got to live. I have to live. I have to be alive. Yeah. It's like crazy, like being born again. If you, you know, know what you know, I mean? Being you know, when you're again. in those situations, like you're in, you're in a lot of pain because of what you've experienced. And as I said before, like I've been in situations like that as well. Yeah. And it's strange because you would think part of you wants to run away and part of you does want to run away. Yeah, dude, yeah. But part of me at the same time when I was in that state, part of me, like I thought about like, if I could press a button and forget everything that had just happened, would I do it? And I guess I'm going to direct this question at you. Yeah. Would you, do you wish you never met, met her? Or do you feel like your identity has been changed so much currently and that this could change in the future that yeah. it, you are grateful for even the pain she has brought on? Dude, I reckon, strange. Like I reckon, if you think about it. Yeah, I've definitely been in both mental states. I've definitely been, and I'll tell you where I am now, um, you know, because I don't want to come off as some crazy relativist. Um, but I've definitely been in a place where I'm like, dude, if I had this button right now, I could delete this whole experience from my life. I would press it. Not only that, I would press it a billion times. I'd mm-hmm. press it 150,000 times. I don't care. Just give me the button press. I want mm-hmm. to do, I want to be done mm-hmm. with this. This is pure hell. Pure, 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 pure hell. You cannot, you know. And then, you know, a year later, I look at my life as it was in consequence to what directly happened. Um, this is another story. This is... <laughs> but anyway look emotional trauma in the past <laughs> you know not not four weeks ago but in the past um a year later I look at myself and where i was and i'm like dude i wouldn't have developed this trait i wouldn't have done this i wouldn't have done like i could count on my fingers you know what i mean like all yep. the stuff and my fingers weren't even enough like i could list <laughs> so many things that have, like like so many things i've understood as a consequence of what had happened um in intense emotional periods where I've previously wished it to go away with a button, like, and how that's affected and changed my life for the better. You know what I mean? And then it actually come out on the other end, like a year later and be like, dude, thank you so much for, for that experience. Like I've learned a lot. I've learned so much, like so many things have changed. Like I've found new parts of myself that I'd never even knew existed. I've explored new concepts. I'd never even thought I exist that existed before. Like it is, it is like, oh man, it's such a beautiful feeling. It's such a beautiful feeling. You know, you know? that reminds me of this uh, YouTube video that I watched. Mm. 
a few weeks ago, and the title was something like "90-year-old shares their regrets." Yeah. So obviously, when you're ninety, like it's inevitable that you you did some things, like you've done some things which you regret, and or you you you've done some things that you wish you would change. Yeah. Uh, but watching the video, what was interesting, every single person said there is nothing in their life they regret because if they didn't do that, they wouldn't be where they are now. They where they are at yeah. this current moment, and they can't yeah. think of themselves in any other situation. They're like, these were my decisions, good or bad. I've done them and I'm here and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I think maybe this links back to something that you said before, but that takes time. It takes time to look on yeah, the experience. Retrospect fully, I reckon. And yeah. to incorporate it. Uh, and, and maybe that's when you can incorporate it uh, potentially in a more healthy, uh, in a, as a more of a healthy narrative. Yeah. Uh, but I think that takes time. Yeah, dude, I feel like that's a success story when it comes to PTSD as well. Like, mm. there's definitely people that take that non-integration to the grave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And especially if it's on, like, PTSD, like, Vietnam War veteran type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like sometimes if you experience that in your 30 or 20, you're not going to be integrating that to your, like, 80 and 90. And even if you get to that, you're going to, you're more or less facing death sometimes with an unintegrated experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a certain hopelessness in that, but the parts I feel that people who have integrated intense experiences, I'm not just talking about PTSD, I'm talking about every intense experience. Like it, it definitely most of the time, it seems like it works out to a place where it's like, I don't regret that. That was actually really cool. Mm. Yeah. The moral of the story there is like, you know, you should really try to integrate the, the crazy shit. I was going to say bad things, but sometimes it's not even bad things, dude. Sometimes it's even positive things. Like you Absolutely. can have unintegrated positive experiences, you know. You, that's a very big thing. I feel a lot of people like someone's not of. thankful for just yeah. the blessings that they've received. Yeah, exactly, dude. Sometimes, like, like you show someone something, like this had definitely to me happened to me in the past before. Like, you can make something and you show a lot of people, and everyone's like, "Dude, that's very cool, man." But you're like, "Oh, yeah, whatever." They're just saying because my mate. Mm. But then, like, you know, you integrate that properly, and you're like, "Hold on a sec." Like, you know, I have more faith in my friends. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, they're not just, yeah. And then that's like a, that's an example of a, an interesting positive emotional experience to integrate. But yeah, I feel, I feel as if um the, the grand consequence of integrating that thing is definitely something you should aim towards, regardless of it, even if in the current moment, um, it's absolute hell and terror. But also you should know your limits. You know, you shouldn't be sending it full forward in uncomfortable situations. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. Don't do that. That's, you know, you burn yourself like that. You really do. You should try avoid them. <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe, uh, and this is another question I had mm-hmm. I wanted you to talk about. Maybe yeah. you burn yourself regardless. Like, do you think in your 20s? Yeah, yeah man. I'm, I, actually, I, I don't really have an answer to this. Uh, but mm. in your 20s, do you think that's the period where you should break hearts and have your heart broken? Or do you think that is... Ah. Uh, yes. too dangerous do you think that accumulates too much trauma oh, man well dude number one i'd say you're asking a 22 year old <laughs> that's <laughs> like, true good point good point like, you know but but you know what i'll i'll try and make sense of that if you were to because the only way i can perceive like a good answer to that question if is i can compare that same mechanism to an earlier part of my life i'm going to say from 18 to 20 yeah because okay. a lot a lot we'll changes from 18 to 20 Like a lot, like a stupid amount changes. Like 20, I feel from 20 to like 23, 24, like you're more or less, you're more or less like, you know, continuation of a particular maturity. 
like see, 18 I don't, to 20. See, I disagree with that. Real. And well, I am older yeah. than you. So Yeah, you but, could be right. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with that. Uh, I feel like because we're around the same age group, like it's inevitable that we think that this is like uh, a key period. But uh, there was this study that I read. A lot of the best friends that we have right now will change in 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. And yeah. the place we'll be living, partners, uh, family members, all this stuff will change. Life is big. It is big. Life is big. Like <laughs> very big. Like, like, yeah, 15 years ago, I was like primary school or like early high school or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, I don't know how to do math. What's 22 minus 15? 12? That is seven. What? Seven. Sorry, dude. Twenty-two minus dude, fifteen. I'm not maths, bro. I'm not a maths per. I'm a. I'm a. I'm an English main. Uh, you know uh-huh. what I mean? History. Dude. I'm a humanities guy. I'm a humanities. <laughs> give me a. I'm a give scholar. Me a, give me a Centrelink, buddy. I want to get. <laughs> I want to get paid to read books. I'm not working. I'm not working in an office. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, no, fully like. Yeah, <laughs> like, like fifteen years ago, I was seven. Did you say? Yeah, seven. Yeah, oh my God. If you told me, hey man, project 15 years into the future, what do you think your life would be at seven? I would say, oh, w, I would be in the WWE because I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I lost the Chiefs there. And <laughs> Pikachu's there. Pikachu, my, Arch, my best friend Archie's there. And the canteen at school always gives me free food. Like, that's, my, that's like my idea of maturity at seven years old, dude. <laughs> like, like, dude, it's like, uh, like pasting that forward. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I want to be, I, w- I would hope there's more a level of stability in how mm-hmm. much it's jumped in the last 15 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I hope it's not radically different to where I think I want to be where I'm in 15 years. But yeah, like, dude, I, that's probably right. I guess what I'll say is this. So to answer your question, OG question of like, is this a break hearts? And what's the other one? Break hearts and get your heart broken. Get heart broken, and I'm all out of orange juice. So I'm, I'm chewing what, gum. What is reference? Oh, okay, that <laughs> reference. <laughs> I just like threw. Like, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, did answer that. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Um, to answer that, look. At, Shout out to the viewers at the moment. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, <laughs> to answer that, man, I feel as if getting, you know, send it. I feel, I feel like that's like the vibe I'm getting. But like at the same time, you're also in a position, dude. I'm 22, dude. No, no matter what I say is bullshit. I can't that's answer. True. That. That's no true. matter why what I ask, say, why, why do I even have you on? <laughs> no, no, it's interesting. It's like, yeah, dude, it's still a good, a good question. I tell you why, because now it's making me reflect on how much of what I am is going to be certain in regards to this study. And I'm not pretending the study is a be all and end all of you know the affirmation mm-hmm. of my existence, but it's mm-hmm. just an interesting thing to entertain. Like, yeah. I, you know what? I've had one itis before over other girls, mm. and that in in a year's time, it's proven to be completely bullshit. So working off that assumption, <laughs> <laughs> so working off that assumption in terms of sureness, <laughs> like 
Like, I don't know if I should be worried or not, but I don't know. I feel like I'm having, I feel like I'm living a perfectly healthy 22 year old's life, including all the bullshit. Like, I feel like this is the time to sift through bullshit, but mm-hmm. also the time to set yourself up. You don't want to be meddling in shit 24 seven for 10 mm-hmm. years straight. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bad way to live. <laughs> like, right. You shouldn't be saying, Oh dude, I'm 20. I'm like, no, things have long lasting. Don't buy a new car. This, that's actually really good advice. Don't buy a new car. That's probably better than girlfriend advice, to be honest. Relationship advice, sorry. Mm, I Don't agree. buy a new car. Buy used cars. If you trap yourself in a 30K debt at the age of 20 because you've got like your first taste of a full-time job, know that you've 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 binned your like economic prospects severely. It's, that thing's depreciating. It's been hit with a baseball bat. Yeah, you've, you've just accepted a debt and slavery. At that point, so don't buy used cars. I feel like that's the only. No, do buy used sold. cars. Sorry, no, don't buy new cars. Buy used cars. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that advice is genuinely like, like <laughs> realistic advice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty, but um, dude, I have a question for you, man. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Now, this is coming from a particular frame. This question, because I know, I feel like I know the answer. So I guess it's more geared and biased towards people like me and you that who are super empathetic. And yeah, so I don't know if you're, if you're not empath, if you see yourself as a normal empathy person, you're listening to this, I don't want to leave you out, <laughs> but like, you know, I don't know, make of it what you want. You're not part of the club. <laughs> you're not part of the club, dude. <laughs> no, it's people like you who break our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's not true. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> we love you audience exactly. even if you're not an empath even if you're not part of the group yeah we're all about just being human <laughs> you're part of the art group but we yeah anyway <laughs> no, i love you anyway look <laughs> dude why do you think relationships are such an incredibly like nuclear thing for us like why is it that relationships like put out the most volume of meaning <laughs> mentally <laughs> um compared to most other things in life like if i was to just like nuke you emotionally <laughs> relationship wise you would be debilitated from most things in your life would you not agree mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i would too <laughs> as much as i don't want to admit that and as much i've been telling myself no i think it's sweet over <laughs> the past four <laughs> life goes on <laughs> like, there's like look man let's be real (laughs) you can't negate what you're feeling in amongst that but um dude why do you reckon it's such a crazy thing why why are we why is the output of meaning so intense like what is it about you know having that relationship with like your significant other why do you think that is such a like a a nuclear experience because i that's the biggest struggle i've been having with recently i'm like why is it like such a place that costs so much energy to be in mentally and and like but it also gives you so much when it's going so well like how do you get to the bottom of that dude i'm like trying to figure it out because i'm trying to mitigate obviously what's been happening with me and it's just come up as a question in my head i'm like how how am i and i know this is other people too i know this just isn't me unless i'm just i don't know stupid (laughs) Um, yeah why is that i wonder why that is and i want to hear your take on it man like why do you think it's such a crazy blitz you know like why why does it emanate the most juice what like you said like this question was targeted to me and i can see why you targeted this question on the other hand i've actually never like thought of that like to me it's just given me so much joy and it was just like 
obvious. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it was it was just uh, maybe maybe that's not a, a very um that's not a very rewarding answer but to yeah. me it was just always so obvious like I've always derived great joy from from groups or communities or working together um even if we excuse me even if we get rid of the romantic lens just yeah. people in general I, I think that's what happens when you're an extrovert and I'm quite extroverted mm. I think but it's just, it's just a natural it's a natural thing that I feel that I feel that's like a, that was my first answer when it first came up in my head. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm just I just feel geared towards. This feels like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it just outright just makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, okay, it makes sense. But am I willing to to also bear like the the complete downside of that in those moments of pain? Because mm-hmm. then you have to then you have to come back and question that natural drive and inclination of enjoying that process when you've been burnt by it. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, hold on. Is this natural or am I overreaching here? Like, is this a, is this an unhealthy attachment to a seemingly natural mechanism of my introversion, extroversion, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I don't know. That's why I'm sort of stuck out with the whole equation and stuff. I definitely do think I have problems like, you know, internally that make me, make me, grasp onto the outside world a bit too quickly like i think that's a case you know i do that with girls too by the way like mm-hmm. i just hopelessly fall for the right ones because there's mm-hmm. a lot i don't fall for um but yeah um i don't know man it's so it's so crazy it's so man. fun like it's it's such it's an so explosion oh of, God, of yes. feelings yes it's such it's such it's it's enough to sort of justify all the pain in your life sometimes and maybe yeah, it's unhealthy. Sometimes. Yeah, but you know what? It's also if you say that in a logical sense, very logical sense, you also like pertaining to the idea that you're holding on to a relationship as the ultimate object par excellence that affirms your existence completely, which I know mm-hmm. is not a good thing to do. But then again, it's so natural. And that's like the that's what I've been bouncing between, dude, for the past four weeks. That's exactly like the 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 most not difficult process as far as like, you know, bearing it like with emotionally but like like just in a very logical sense now i'm talking like it's such a that's a thing i've been trying to square in my head and it's just i don't know what to make of it dude because man you see in society in a more collective sense as well like how much the other means to people is ridiculous mm-hmm. like wars are waged over it yeah the i first, mean helen of troy is just helen of troy, dude, the first, absurd the first idea. narrative the first narrative recorded not through books by the way through speech because i just did a course at that at uni to study the iliad um paradoxically that was my ex's favorite book but the first <laughs> the first she actually gave me a copy dude with like a really cool note in it it's bro really you've good. read the iliad i haven't <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> i just said i would <laughs> no, bro, no if you read the iliad you're like ah. Oh. Dude, the Iliad. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's just you such have to a flex. You the just Iliad. drop. I've read the Iliad. I've read the first thing recorded. <laughs> but what, dude, Iliad in... is not the first story. Isn't Gilgamesh older? Okay, in the West. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> phrase that. In the West, Gilgamesh is older, and I think what's even older, or at the same time as Gilgamesh, is Hindi, Hindi theology or mythology, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like Hindi stuff goes back to twelve thousand BC. Dude, they found it in caves. Oh my god! Yeah, and that's pretty... I love 
Hindu mythology. Hindu mythology. That's a can of worms, my friend. Can I've been getting into it recently a little bit, and it's a can of worms. It is so. And look, that's a different conversation. I wanted to finish mm, different conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to finish one about the <laughs> Um, dude, the first one of the oldest like stories in human history was literally about half of Greece. Sorry, a good amount of Greece fighting one city for the sake of a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not, I don't want to look at this on a very superficial way and be like, see women, haha. And I don't want to like look at the identity. <laughs> I don't want to look at the identity politi- politics of the side of it and say like, oh, once again, women find themselves in a state of objective oppression. Like, cause those two arguments are pretty valid, you know, mm-hmm. maybe one more than the other, but um, I'll leave that to you, whatever you think is more valid. But um, <laughs> the thing is, I feel like it goes deeper than that. I feel like that's just a reflection of the other that is in a place to satisfy your existence completely. It's more than just gender. Um, and that's like a, that is the bane of human existence, I feel, is like the satis- sat- satisfaction of the other to the point where it can provide to you meaning for your entire life over all your wrongs. Is that not like a religious salvation, dude? That is religious salvation. Isn't, and- isn't like the, the, the idea of relationships, does that not blend into the <laughs> divine world when you feel it full on? It's like going to church, man. You know, what <laughs> I mean? you know like, uh, what's the name of the guy who, who went to war? For Helen, is it my Mycenaean? No, Mycenaeus. Uh, um, Menelaus. Oh wait, Menelaus. hold on, dude. People are gonna be. Well, hold on, let me look this up. I don't want. It's gonna be embarrassing, dude. I just got. Mi- I just got a high my, distinction in this. Mycena? I don't even remember it. Nah, me, me, John I, Cena. Have you seen John Cena's Mandarin stuff, too? Oh my god, absurdity. <laughs> um, hold on, hold but, on. But, I mean, Troy, Troy, girl, <laughs> Troy, girl. Man, king, man, husband, dude, Kellner Troy, guy, King Minile, Mil, Mil, King. Oh my god, dude! Hold on, Helen of Sparta. Uh huh. She was married to King Menelaus. Okay, was. I was right. Okay, was we were, okay. Yeah. I was yeah. like eighty percent there. Um, yeah. Anyway, so man, he had one itis. He he went to war. <laughs> he, he, he killed like he killed like a hundred thousand people for his one itis. Like that. Hey, you took my girl. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, it's over. <laughs> like bam, ten like percent of the population dead. <laughs> That's it. Um, yo, I actually, I for some reason this just popped into my head. Um, yeah. Before when you were asking like, like why. Why are we so drawn to relationships? Or why are people, not even we, why are people so drawn to it? Like, yeah. And wh- why do they focus so much on it? And I think, I think it's really akin, akin to gambling in a way. Mm-hmm. I know, I know that sounds, um, that's an interesting take. That's cool. But it, it's, wow. it's the thrill. It's the thrill of the up and the down. Yeah. It's, it's really both. And Dude, yeah, that's a good point. Put it, yeah. And and I think it's just it, that's just what people are drawn to, and that cycle, that enjoyment, the instability. Uh, if you think about it, a lot of people, for better or worse, um, I, I'm not saying this is a good thing, by the way. Yeah. They look back to their unstable teenage or 23, 24 year old uh, life, and they mm. look at their instability, but also the passion of their romance. And mm. they see that as something that they they return to over and over in their head as a memory, as we spoke yeah. about. They yeah. rarely return to stable and flickering mm. in terms of relationship. Yeah, in terms of living life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, dude, I feel 
I feel as if that's um there's definitely that thrill, man. There's definitely that thrill to it. And it's that gambling esque nature towards it. Like you're all in. Like when dude, you understand you know, you've felt this before. You what's the feeling when you first tell a girl I love you for the first time? <laughs> and you and her not knowing and you not knowing how you're gonna react and everything. Like it feels like you just said like you're at the CAS and you just put all your money and you're like you're all in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? Like like when you say I love you for the first time, it's like the biggest bet <laughs> like you could do. If they say no, they're like, dude, what? that's something you're not gonna forget bro like you know know that feeling and then oh bro ah dude and also the feeling of like of like of like making it too is so Mm. you feel like you can i i oh man when that happens in like the winter days you feel warm Mm -hmm. you're like warm immediately you know Man, it's, but but I think that's yeah. the danger. Like that's it is danger. so, it's such a primal thing, and it's so powerful that it. I can see why people get drawn to these and oh. and drawn to putting a relationship as the center and focus of their life. And I think everyone logically agrees that a good relationship should be two people walking the same path and choosing to be together. Yeah, but one hundred percent, yeah. But like that is a very very logical take on a relationship and yeah. sometimes you just get hit in the face of a baseball bat yeah dude that's like the thing a just lot of not people, really, it just doesn't work a lot of people like to to put shame and be like hey man look man it's very simple relationship yeah guys have to be 100 percent equal all the time and everything just has to be logically sound all the time and it's like that's great advice dude and i appreciate that and i'll try to use that but in terms of like when you're actually there in the face of um an emotional you know, boss battle, <laughs> an emotional exchange, you know, it's like, it's like something you don't have the the clarity, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe you should investigate that. I feel like that's what I've been investigating. Like, why don't I have the clarity to call better, more objectively long-term better decisions, even though the meaning is so juicy from like the dance of emotional investment. It's like you do, you don't have the luxury sometimes or the clarity to think, in a in a logical state to secure like a, a you know more objective a more healthy relationship sometimes it just bang like fireworks going off mm-hmm. and yeah i feel i feel like that's a thing i've been investigating to be honest in the process of breakups present and past um i feel like that's a very big thing that i've been investigating is the idea of like trying to reach a state of more equanimity where my decision making has come words. from yeah man big words <laughs> i'm trying to reach like a state of equanimity and then that's where i want to be making decisions from mm-hmm. um when it comes to relationships like for instance um you know the past three months maybe this is more private kind of stuff mean Stanley, but i don't mind have it on the podcast sure <laughs> um do you want me to cut this part out no no i keep it i reckon i reckon it's cool like like you know how in the textbook it says fig 1.1 Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like maybe like this is like a conversational fig figure figure mm-hmm. you know thing example is what i'm trying to say like over the past few months where me and the person that shall not be named um sort Sounds of like voldemort <laughs> sorry i'm so sorry go on you've been trying to make this point for a minute and i, and I dropped voldemort sorry I take that's no, fine dude it's fine there's <laughs> nothing i'm having fun he just like you know talking about it on this that was good no, I'd, ra- I'd rather have it like you know imbued with jokes and stuff because then mm-hmm. it's like you know it's more grounded in yeah. a, in the everyday mundane reality as opposed to like this big 
crazy thing that happened. You know what I mean? I don't mm. know. Anyway, yeah, I guess um over the past few months where me and the person that should not be named uh, rekindled and all that, I really was on my game and on my grind about being in a constant state of equanimity, but not like neurotically attached to it, but just like I really made sure that if I'm going to make any decisions within a relationship, especially something that is so emotionally heavy, and I mean heavy like like tons, heavy in tons, heavy, mm-hmm. um you know that's that's the main strat (laughs) like make sure your decision making comes from a place of equanimity and like knowing that your life is enough that's why i feel i feel that when everything else is going well in life you've completely balanced your wisdom stat and your strength stat yes 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 a hundred percent you've completely like i mean that in like a very sound metaphorical sense you know that's Mm -hmm. completely true it's like you don't want to be in a state of desperation i feel like that if you're in a state of desperation and you're getting involved in like serious emotional investment like that can get bad really quickly um the quicker you you know the quicker you fall for somebody is also the quicker that you're going to end up starting to resent them and vice versa oh that's that's spicy those those are the same thing i'm not going to get into how that's true maybe (laughs) (laughs) that's another conversation That's, that's another conversation yeah but like that's a that's a very real thing you know, you want to be making that leap of faith and, mm. you know, you want to be able to recognize what a leap of faith looks like. And you're not mm. going to be able to do that unless you have a very solid grounding in yourself, mm-hmm. in what you already have, and what you need and how that's already satisfied. You yep. know, you shouldn't need an emotional relationship, but it's fun to play one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very fun to play, but you shouldn't need it, you know, but that doesn't mean, oh, thinking when you're on the precipice of one and saying, oh, I shouldn't need it. Therefore, I shouldn't do No go for it having fun send it yeah enjoy it it's the most beautiful thing you can do it's a moderation no what's the quote um everything in moderation including moderation including moderation dude Mm -hmm. including moderation and um and yeah i feel because i did that it put me in a very good place coming at the end of it to be honest like i'm in a in in a in a better state i don't know i'm just close to my riches enough internal riches that it's not throwing me as much as you know it probably would normally mm-hmm. you know because i've definitely been thrown by a similar situation before in the past yeah as as you know it's definitely a real thing that you do learn things from mm-hmm. bad Absolutely. times and it's, you know you get to integrate it it's one hell of a teacher and it's one hell of an experience and oh my god i have a question talk- by the way following up on what you're going to say next yeah what well, just l- l- let me drop this first yeah and, uh, and, and, may- and maybe this relates to it uh mm. but talking about like why people get into this mm. um so for people out there i'm probably going to make this a goal <laughs> it's probably going to end up coming out whether i want to or not but i'm currently writing a book and the book is quite emotional and there was one passage in particular that i felt like summarized what you were trying to say and i know i've already started this podcast of reading it but uh potentially this relates to your experience of the joy of even the pain you know like the gambling feeling like you know the, the thrills of the rise and the fall um but there's this passage uh which i want to read out and to me there's the obvious pain but there's also a sense of beauty in that pain which is what i wanted mm. to capture with this passage so This is after the main character uh, gets devastated emotionally. Hmm. And this is what it sounds like. After what seemed like a lifetime, 
Ethan finally mustered the will to peel himself off his blankets and walk to the kitchen. It was surreal to wander through his house with such heightened emotions, and the clarity of his surroundings alarmed him as if his throbbing heart had reached out and sharpened the contours of the furniture with the tip of a brush. As his eyes sank into the visage, a single sentiment stood alone in his heart, tragically beautiful. From the cool touch of sepia nipping at the heels of the afternoon warmth to the wisp of steam rising from the kettle, his shattered heart was like shards of glass that magnified the lucidity of the world. Mm. Mm. And what I just wanted to talk about was the, there is the pain, but that pain gives meaning. Like, as you were saying, like, it's really, like, it's you basically... You stack your the... world in the face of it, you know what I mean? Mm. You mm. Stack, that's what it, it gives. It gives it meaning like that. You have something that... You know what it's like? It's almost as if your being splits into like fragments, disembodies itself. Mm-hmm. Like in one sense, the being that is in conjunction with the thing that you love that you've been heartbroken with, it sets itself up as broken. And then there's the other part of your being that wants to set, set itself up in the face of that to substantiate itself outside of that, it's that part of itself that's broken, the heartbreak mm-hmm. inside. And it's just like that process of separation is like a very crazy meaning like it's like the atom splitting mm. you know what i mean it's bam it just <laughs> it just just like paints everything like shards of glass everywhere you're like wow everything's sparkling mm. and like in a good mm. way and in a bad way you're like wow oh my god man you know what it makes sense dude like the need to after like a breakup or something like that the the need to like inhibit the intensity of life Mm-hmm. because know? it is really intense it's really intense man people just it's overwhelmingly know. intense it's so intense that it's just i mean i can't think of a better word than overwhelming but it is overwhelming yeah dude i don't know sorry i'm just really reflecting on those words and like the feeling yeah, yeah. that it comes from it you know so nick uh thank you for coming mm-hmm. on and sharing uh i know it hasn't it's not easy um and and something i I said before is these conversations are the most interesting because they're very human yeah but the person sharing it there's a level of vulnerability and it's not easy it honestly isn't easy it 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 makes for great listening material but to be the one stating this is very hard so i appreciate it dude I'll, i'll say this as a concluding thing as well i feel as if um a lot more of these conversations need to be had. Like we got to start bringing out more of ourselves out to the media. And I mm-hmm. mean, like in this kind of sense, not like the stupid media, like, you know, like actual, like worthy media like this, you mm-hmm. know, like I feel like presenting a more holistic um, idea to what it means to be just a normal person, a normal human going through emotions and going through situations is like something that we really need at the moment. People don't need to be looking up at like crazy, super duper people. I wake up 4 a.m. in the morning drinking green juice, going for runs like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Thousand push-ups a day. Yeah, like, you know, like, do we've seen a lot of that at the moment. We need just like hardcore realities, you mm. know? Like, and yeah, man, dude, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Talking about this genuinely just is just a weight. You know, it's like therapy. <laughs> mm. But um, I want I want more people to experience that feeling of, you know, alleviation from the emotional storms we can live in sometimes you know and and i think one way to do that is to is to talk it's not easy but 
but to to try to talk. Yeah, man. Talk, stay alive. Cool. Alright, man. See. Alright, bro. Appreciate this, and I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you around, brother, man. Thank you for tuning into Safety Lost with Stanley Ching. If you enjoyed this, then please leave a rating or a comment. I hope you're leaving with a new idea, and make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and other places that can be found in the description.